0: Enjoy the program.
1: Recording. I am recording.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Me too. Hey.
1: Hey, <laughs> Philip. How's it going? What's
0: well, it's good. How are you, Kathleen?
1: I'm good. I just took a sip of coffee from my mm. tiny, tiny old mug from mm. the 1930s. Because, you know, portions were smaller then. Look how small this is. I know everybody else can't see it. But it's uh,
0: oh, my God. That's so itsy-bitsy. <laughs> it
1: is. It's really good. But you know what? It's really it's thick because it, it makes it keeps your coffee really hot for a long mm. time. It must be one of those, like, diner ones from back Maybe. in the day. Anyway, I digress. But things were smaller but made so much better back no.
0: then. Yes, they were. Oh, depression. Kind of like what we're...
1: Did you like my segue? Did you yeah. like my segue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to our um, to Old Hollywood Realness. This is oh, our special.
0: <laughs> Hollywood Realness. This um,
1: is sort of breaking news. We're yeah, so excited cool. to talk about. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm Philip Estrada.
1: Oh, I'm Kathleen Nall. <laughs> um,
0: and this is the podcast where we celebrate all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Um, Welcome back. So, Kathleen, you have called us together for a very special. Yes. mini sode, if you were. Yes. Yeah yes yes so, well
1: um this is i feel the like tea
0: sister friend <laughs> oh, it
1: is hot and fresh today <laughs> so um I, I don't know if anyone's been uh following the news but about a month ago um the um uh well we've talked about this before on the show how uh there was a pair of ruby slippers that um have were on display at um it was grand rapids i believe grand rapids yes, michigan in yeah. their little um museum and um Uh, about 13 years ago they were stolen and it's sort of been an ongoing joke because we talk about like doing our our gay goonies where we think that it could be an adventure where your, your treasure is finding the missing slippers. Well, about a month ago they were, uh, it was announced that they had been found. Mm. And so we thought, um, uh, I thought, it. well, both of us thought, it would be great mm. to do a little special around this, um, especially since when we started reading about it, um, I was able to find a couple of documentaries specifically on the ruby slippers, and I had no idea um, I knew they were culturally important, but I really had no idea that they were the catalyst to the whole Hollywood memorabilia explosion that Mm -hmm. kind of happened in the 80s and really continues to be strong today. Um, They really are the reason like before um, they are are the reason why we we actually think that collecting and and movie costumes and memorabilia is important because i had no idea just how much things were disregarded and thrown away yeah. um up until a certain point in time um and so i we ended up finding um this amazing documentary it's on vimeo it's called the slippers and mm-hmm. i it will was... definitely add a link to the to the <laughs> page you. for this so
0: if you anybody wants to watch it it's <laughs> It's such a good documentary, by the so way. Thank you good. so much for sharing that with <laughs> me. Oh, it's like it's so
1: perfect. Well, and of, how great is it? Because this was your birthday movie. Like we, yes, we talked about this. Right. You yes, know? it was.
0: And it's so interesting, actually. I before we get into the story of the slippers, mm-hmm. I think it's really valuable to kind of go into the documentary because it really gives context yes. for what the slippers. Why the slippers were important? Why you know? And I think that too, it kind of clears things up too because there are yes, there conflicting stories. There's so many people where they're like this: the ruby slippers were stolen. From the Smithsonian. You're like, no, mm-hmm. that's two t- separate <laughs> stories. One, yes, there is a pair of ruby slippers in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And two, yes, a pair was stolen from a museum in Grand Rapids, yes. Rapids Michigan. So That's it's right. <laughs> because there's mul- so there are multiple pairs. And you learn that mm-hmm. in the documentary, which was, v- I mean, as a, you know, working, you know, knowing costume and film and all that stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, of course, there's multiple Different versions of, or multiple pairs of shoes. I mean, that's just how yep. you do in the movies. There's never just one, especially exactly. in a movie of that, you know, requiring that much of their actors. You know, mm-hmm. so it was just. But very the fact that they were found
1: all together in one big lump, yes. <laughs> which, uh, no spoilers. Please watch this documentary. It it is amazing. Yeah. It's like this is history. This it's, is amazing. I mean, <laughs> there's
0: really nothing to spoil. I think it just really gives you context mm-hmm. of like, you know, the ruby slippers are found, so you're not gonna yeah. like, it's not gonna ruin the fact that is. Are there a there, but it's just interesting to think about all of the stuff that went into it, and it all comes down to that one dude. What was his? His name was Kent.
1: Kent Warner.
0: Oh my God. AKA
1: Lana Lift. AKA <laughs> the Robin Hood of Hollywood.
0: <laughs> what what? And.
1: Our people. <laughs> yes. So
0: I mean clearly like
1: a little bit I on the his... Yes, Lana Lift. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna say that's actually from the second documentary I wanna I don't wanna forget is um, there's a smaller one. It was actually made uh, much before that the slippers and a lot of the footage from the slippers is in this one mm. and it's called the search for the Ruby slippers and it's oh. on YouTube. Um, I believe the person who posted it, their username was immaculate conceptions. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll link that as well, <laughs> but it's really, really good. And it's got oh great footage God. of, uh, and just, dis- um, of Debbie Reynolds discussing things in it, but that's where I also got the term Lana lift. So there's definitely a bit more, there's some information in that documentary that wasn't captured in the slippers. So I highly recommend like, a little like, bit
0: more, it sounds a like, little more catty than the other. Uh,
1: yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that one's only like maybe a half hour. So I recommend watch that one first, then watch the slippers. Cause it's sort of mm-hmm. chronological. Um, and you may see some repeat footage like of, um, of Roberta Bauman, who was the woman in Tennessee who um, won a pair of the Ruby slippers in oh, 1940s. Yeah. I mean, you guys, this story is amazing. It, unfolds because um, originally when the first pair of ruby slippers were sold at auction for $15,000 okay let's just put it, in, in the, the 70s 80s, right, the 70s, or that's 70s that's right yeah okay,
0: um, they so. were considered
1: the only pair they were considered the only pair out mm-hmm. there and then when because when, that
0: you know what but sorry before that where mm-hmm. you get a that that's the story they not they wanted to tell because they it wanted made to tell. it a better they made it better to be like because they wouldn't nobody even thought to the, the thought that there mm-hmm. would be more. So and yes. then also too, it's like you have to think about it. If there are only one, then they're gonna be it makes them even more valuable. So yes, it's such exactly. an interesting to be like, why you know, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that they're like, It's the only pair and you're like, Okay. Like it Yeah. And yeah, sorry, continue. No,
1: no, I think it it, it was but it was all yeah, and they do mention that of like, um, supposedly at some point, Kent Warner went to the auctioneer and said, Hey, you know, I have multiple pairs. He's like, no, no, no. We have one pair. Because one pair will get the most, that's how, if we have multiple pairs, then that'll devalue them. So we want to make sure that they, like you said, they stay special by people thinking there's only one. And then that's where you find out that he basically saved them. So, you know, like he gave different stories, like supposedly he destroyed pairs. I'm like, really, you did not destroy nothing. You will never, please. But that was where they end up sort of getting redistributed to other people, Um, but we don't really know like is so according to Kent War, according to the story he found four pairs he found three that were like continuity pairs and then one which was the Arabian test pair which I let's talk about those for a second those are amazing like I don't know if I wanted to own any I kind of want those I just think those are kind of amazing so
0: those are the ones that Debbie Reynolds (laughs) ended up with and those and then Mm -hmm. she ended up selling them in her auction Mm-hmm. They were listed in her auction with the profiles in history, um, a few years ago in the t- 2012, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yes. then also, but. I am assuming that either it didn't meet the premium or she bought them back or she mm-hmm. pulled it because she ended up with them in the, uh, she had them up until her death because there's, yeah. uh, she filmed with them. She had them in the f- the documentary that she had with um, Debbie and Carrie, the De- yes. Debbie and Carrie documentary. So she yeah. did end up with them for the rest of her life. So okay, she's interesting. Well, and they okay. were an early pair, right? They weren't, they weren't used in the movie.
1: They were never used in the yeah. movie. They were, yeah. they were in screen. They have them on photographs of like costume, you know, uh, still, and everything yeah. but they never yeah they were never utilized um in the end they ended up going with the more and I hate to say plain but the more simpler uh kind of cleaner version I guess yeah. you could say of the, the sort of like the pump yeah, yeah. and then the, and the small bow originally they didn't have a bow and then he added those that was like a little addition it was yeah. a little Adrian edition he like mm. designed the bow like there's <laughs> a I, I read this great story online of how he like it was a it was a whole technical sketch of like the how the beads and the the gems he wanted and And there's stories of, like, you know, the guys that make the shoes at MGM, like, making the bows. And they had to make so many pairs. And, I mean, the amount of detail that (laughs) goes into, like, we don't under, like, it cannot be underestimated. But but the slippers was great in general because it actually was about so much more than the ruby slippers. It was really about, like, how old Hollywood was really slowly broken down and auctioned off in the 60s and 70s. And um, there were kind of key people like Kent Warner, who like, he was called the Robin Hood of Hollywood because essentially he kind of, he kind of looted the place of uh, costumes because, but he did that because he, uh, at one point he was, uh, he was working for a costume house and RKO was uh, one of the studios in the 60s that got kind of broken down and auctioned off. And he had to go through their costume uh, ex- costume studio and that was when he found that costumes were being used as, uh, were being cut up and used as rags in the commissary and he found, uh, you know, dresses and suits worn by, you know, f- Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire that were all like hanging there and falling apart. And he immediately saw that these were important, but nobody kind of gave a shit at the time. Yeah, And so he took that as an opportunity. He's like, well, I'm just going to fucking take them because you know, it's kind of like to quote Indiana Jones, these belong in a museum or at least in the hands of people who give a shit instead yeah. of like sitting here, rotting on a hanger w- with nobody caring. Um, and, you know, he, he uh, they talk about him a little bit, how he grew up with a very romanticized notion of old Hollywood, like so many of us. I know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that is different from the reality of living there and what it is like to work there. And we love talking about that. But let's face it, there is glamour, there is wonderful magic, and that's exactly what attracted him. And he wanted to keep hope alive about and keep these things around. And so, I mean, what he did was wrong, but what he did was right. Because yeah. as of now, like they say that 80% of the memorabilia that is out there, that's like old Hollywood memorabilia, passed through his hands. 80%. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, so and- that means 80. That would have been gone, you guys. Gone. Yeah. Like, like this is shit that he he snatched before. It would have been either been thrown away or maybe set on fire because they were like burning old films and stuff at RKO. Yeah. And he went. Th- I mean, like they were. And that's the other thing too is when, when MGM, um, it, it really was prime real estate and they couldn't afford the land anymore. Like as mm-hmm. much as, you know, MGM was this great place, but they also had 38 acres of prime real estate in Los Angeles that they could, they could barely afford anymore. And yeah. so, um, the taxes so alone. Th- on yeah. that would have been
0: like too much. For so them to much, handle, so. so
1: much. And I, it's even, it's funny to even think of these numbers, you know, I'm sure in 1970, this was a lot, but they ended up the whole lot get, um, Land, everything, got sold to this guy named Kurt Kikorian for five million dollars. If you can just imagine, five million for all of MG, uh, everything. Yeah. And all he really gave a shit about was the land
0: so everything on it
1: had to go he didn't give a shit and so he ended up selling it to um, an auction house like just everything there for 1.5 million dollars and then these auctions began and they went on for months and I mentioned this my mom actually both of my parents she recalled that this was a this was like for people it was a it was really dark times like Mm. my mom remembered this and it was very very sad to see it's, all this stuff. And it really is. Watching, it really it, was like, sad.
0: Watching the documentary, I was very... It's like... It was like bittersweet to watch the documentary too, because you're just like, oh, wow, this is so fascinating to see all of this archival footage and all this period mm-hmm. footage of these amazing of, of the actual auction and stuff. Yes. And seeing, oh, it was so and good. And seeing Debbie Reynolds like winning and, Ann some, Miller, and, together, and Ann Miller, like sisters, is, like, I mean, I mean, come on, which that Le- was she she
1: leg, leg up. Well, and that was I was going to say that's the same year she did the, the Campbell Soup or the Great American Soup Company commercial oh. <laughs> that she's like famous for. She's dancing on the soup cans and it was like, she hadn't done anything for years. And all of a sudden she did that and like blew everyone's mind. And nice. so, yeah, that was a, yeah. So it was just interesting, but, but she's it, looking amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: But so it is bittersweet to watch it. Cause you're just like, yeah. Oh my God, it's so wonderful to see this footage. And it's so great to see the costumes being kind of celebrated and sold and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then at the same time, you're just like, it's really it's just kind of, it's so sad. You're like, this it's is sad. the end of an era. These people are Trying their best to rescue this stuff or get something. Yeah. Like I just, you know, it could be even just looky lose, just being like, oh, this is interesting, and then buying like something for ten dollars. You know, it's exactly. Just, well, it's and that's just what they strange... said. They had people coming
1: in there buying things for pennies, and people coming in there buying things for six figures. Yeah. And like you had everybody from like rummage sale people to like big movie stars all rubbing shoulders at the same auction, trying to buy yeah. stuff. I mean, that's just insane. Like when they showed like in the footage, people just walking through these massive rooms of nothing but like 18th century furniture. Yeah. Like not just one chair, but 20 of the same chairs and just mm-hmm. an art. That was, and uh, that knick-knacks. was the... Oh my God. Like, like the, the auction
0: crazy. house that they were saying. So the guy who ran the auction house, he was an antiques dealer. And all mm-hmm. he cared about was the furniture. So think right. about it. You got the guy who bought MGM who bought the back lot of MGM. All he cared mm-hmm. about was the land. Then they sell everything that's inside of it to a guy who all he cares about is the furniture. Yep. And then they and then comes Kent Warner. Like, Yeah, <laughs> Kent Warner comes <laughs> in and all he cares about is the clothes. And I'm like, God, thank God for Kent Warner. Thank God, like, yes. He really, God. he really cared. And I think that there is sort of in the documentary, you hear people being like, oh, Kent Warner was an unsavory character. He was, he was stealing all of these clothes. It's like, yeah. y- is it stealing when it's in a dumpster? Right, you know? exactly. Is it stealing yep. when people have it zero, like, give zero fucks about it, you know? It's yeah. just, like, it's one of those things yep. that's, like, it's just, like, yeah, he, yeah, he had access to this, which you didn't have, and that burns you up because, you mm-hmm. know, as a collector, you wanted that access. Exactly. But guess what, though? It's, like, he rescued all of that stuff from ending up in landfill or worse, being burnt or even yep. just, like, you know, give, you know, it's just this interesting it's I think, it. but also like, it's perspective. Yeah. It's like interesting it that people choose to think that he stole all that stuff, and I'm like, is, you know, it's just right. Well, it's and debatable. I
1: I, no, I, I I highly debate that because I remember there was that one guy um, I can't remember his name I didn't write it down he said he used to he worked under Kent Warner so like mm-hmm. can you imagine he's like this like oh, little twink queen with this like <laughs> slightly older queen and he's like learning how to like lift shit from like old but like he he said he worked under him but he's like he he also said he never ever said hey this is gonna fetch a lot of money he was always like isn't this fabulous isn't this yeah. wonderful like yeah. he really and then he also like really um, was adamant about like he really cared about about who these went to, he didn't want these to just, because they did talk about the different kinds of collectors. Like there are collectors who are interest, like,
0: yes, you um, know, who
1: collect because it's not about the money. It's about like, they just, they want it and they'll have, they just want to have it till they die. Like they just want the thing. And then there's about, people who are like, I want to buy yeah. this. And then in 15 years I can sell it. You know, like yeah. flip it. So And then there's the third <laughs> kind,
0: which is the, which is the hoarder. Like the there's hoarder, the hoarder. That's right. And honestly, yeah. I have being that I worked at the the bookstore in Hollywood, which did uh, do a lot of like we did a lot of paper goods too. So mm-hmm. we had posters, and we had you know we had um we had posters. We actually added, ended up with a few Edith Head costume sketches, mm-hmm. which that's an amazing story as well. Oh um, my gosh! Oh my but, gosh! Uh, <laughs> you know, and we had you know we had like uh, I actually came across a fl- um, an invasion of the Saucer Men poster, and it was like one of those oh, wow. things was like it's a huge find because. There's thousands, it's worth thousands of dollars. Right. And it's just, and I've come across those people um, working in that store. There's, I've come across the people who just genuinely love the stuff. So they want to, were the people or the movies and the stuff. So they just want to buy the stuff to be surrounded by things that they remind, remind them of that joy. Yeah. Then there's the people who buy things just because it's, you know. It's going to be worth more. It's going to be worth more. They're like, oh, this is an investment piece. I can flip it, which is. Yep. Intr- which is something I'd like to talk about later too. And okay. then um, <laughs> there's also the straight up hoarder where they're just like, it's yeah. mine, it's mine, it's I need mine. everything. Like which I was just, which it was interesting because the owners of that store, that's what they were they were hoarder yeah. collectors and in fact every sale was a slight against them like I, they took every I sale I remember like, that vibe especially yeah. especially the one dude that I worked for I won't name my name because he was a nice guy but it was like yes. every single person who wanted to buy something he took it as a personal offense and I'm like aren't you in business to make sales yeah like, I don't know yeah. if that's the I don't know if this is the best business model but whatever you do you no
1: <laughs> and, I definitely got that vibe even from some of the people that they interviewed for for the Uh slippers and but i thought it was really great how they really talk about that and yeah to your point like i bet because um i think i was in the beginning and they talk about how like even how this even became a thing in the first place was because the mgm script library um uh, got sold off um, when uh, Ted Turner bought it in 1986, mm-hmm. and so that one reporter, he went go, like he he ended up finding um, a script of The Wizard of Oz where oh, it said yeah. it was switched from silver to ruby, and that's where he's like, hey, you know. Like, and he wanted to just kind of lightly find out some information about the slippers and they're like, oh, well we have an expert and he's like, well how can I talk to him? And he's like, you can't, he's dead. And of course, just again, we want Kent Warner did pass away in 1984 from AIDS. Um, mm. R.I.P. Kent Warner. Um, like so many other amazing, was, talented people, yeah. we lost. They said he
0: was. They said he was one of the earlier diagnoses too, which mm-hmm. was, which is brutal. Like that's brutal. The, the early. Yeah. The early. That means early he suffered the most. Was yeah, really sad. Just yeah, super, super sad.
1: Yeah. And, oh. but I, I feel like whenever people talk about him, there's, he, he definitely was like a naturally sparkly person. You know what I mean? Oh, he had like yeah. a warmth and a love. And, and, and just, I think he had, I would have loved to have met him because he just sounds like he had an absolute passion for the exact same thing that brought us together as friends yeah. in a sense, you know? Like, he's our people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And I just, I think it's sad. Like, yeah. he's not the only one, too, in that documentary where I felt like, um, he, uh, he didn't really, um, I'm sorry, uh, I, th- the other one that I wanted to talk about was, um, I think his name was John Henson, the the younger guy that they interview, and he talks about his um, love of the ruby slippers, and he seemed like oh, another yeah. kind of historian and collector,
0: Yeah. Um, he Gosh. was obsessed with. Uh, he, I think he was doing replicas as well. Yes, is, he was doing replicas. Yes. and
1: um, and then he he also had that great story of how Roberta Bauman like wrote him a letter and um, sent and he inside the letter was another little envelope and it was. A sequin from the ruby slippers that she sold and she had kept and saved and I'm like okay that is like some fairy tale business right I I got Misty I got got, Misty too (laughs) I was (laughs) just like this is so okay this documentary will make you Misty it really will because it's so good and I have to say I actually got kind of I actually got Misty at the end because during this whole time I was like we should try to get this guy on our podcast and at the very end of the movie the documentary is dedicated to him because he passed away shortly after doing this documentary And I found out it was from diabetes, like complications with diabetes, Um, that he had had like long-term issues with, um, sort of suffered silently. But um, so, uh, dude... He was also our people. And like yeah. it's just yeah.
0: Super. There's definitely
1: just... like I feel like there is some kind of like dark tragedy involved around all the people who are really into the shoes.
0: Yeah. Like, um,
1: did you know, like the other thing, they don't really address it in the slippers, but in the first um in the first documentary that I was uh, telling you about the search for the Ruby slippers, mm-hmm. um, they really go a bit more into um Roberta Bauman's shoes and her when they auctioned those off at Christie's yeah. because um that that was the second pair to be auctioned off and they went for $150,000 in the 80s and the woman who handled those shoes at Christie's Julie Collier um, she ended up through the years of doing this like she ended up becoming like a ruby slippers expert because she like this sort of consumed her life as well I mean there could be worse Um, things
0: to have on your resume (laughs) uh, right
1: I know and and uh, she seemed like a really lovely person and they had all this footage and they were interviewing her and then at some point they say like I guess she she lived in Boston Probably biked to work And she was hit and killed on the way to work Like oh. riding her bike I know right So it's like oh, it know. was very like I, Like to see that Like and then of course Kent Warner And then so I was like wow that's This is kind of like, I feel like people involved with this would be kind of, it's kind of dark, you know? And then yeah, when I watched well, The Slippers, I was like, God, jeez, you know? Like, but the, I don't think that, no, they're not cursed.
0: They're um, not but cursed. But I think,
1: but they do talk about, I, one thing I love about, like, in the documentary, they do talk about the kind of all-consuming, they, they are sort of like, a, have a Gollum precious sort of thing mm, to it. I like, believe
0: that, yeah. People
1: who love them get obsessed with them. And that's what they said, what kind of, they consumed Kent Warner, and he at some point kind of, like, had to offload them. Yeah, because yeah. They, they became it became too much of a responsibility. And um, well, I think that's what happens
0: know. with most sort of like I think that happened to Debbie Reynolds, too, with her it collection. Well, I think and any she got
1: They, t- I mean, they spent a lot of time I mean, talking about sh- I feel bad for her. Yeah. And but, Todd. I mean, yeah. I love her. I love her son. He was fantastic in this documentary, yeah. by
0: the way. <laughs> but I think that there's an interesting I think when it comes to like having cost having a collection like this or any sort of collection where it's like a big like you have big ticket items and that sort of thing. It becomes like, I love the idea of having that sort of stuff, but I could never have that because one, you have to insure it. You have to have all the insurance on it. You also have to store it properly. Otherwise it degrades and all this. So so there's, it becomes more like having that stuff almost becomes a full-time job. So it's, unless you're, unless you have the ability to like give it to a museum or loan it to a museum and have them like kind of like own that process it becomes all-consuming, so I could see it, it where does. even having the the ruby slippers and I mean they did that <laughs> the documentary did it. no favors to the dude who eventually got oh Michael Shaw stole. yeah they oh, can, we,
1: yeah, can they, we talk about that get ga- this bitch? the pers- okay, the way sorry. that they the
0: I mean because you know it's like this I always say about documentaries is like you could make a five minute documentary like pro anything and con yeah. anything just in the way that you edit it and the way that yeah. they edited him and i don't know if it's this is really how he is but he did not seem like a very nice man <laughs> like, no he didn't well he you have those like people a,
1: telling stories about him like he wouldn't even let a blind girl touch his ruby slippers i yeah. mean like, like he's really he yeah. is that collector Yeah, you like, know, really that, queen
0: yeah. and you yeah really queen, i know <laughs> yes and you know that he's you know he's a queen and you know he's like one of those like creepy queens It's like don't don't touch me don't look at me don't like that you know. well
1: and he obviously doesn't want to take any responsibility for his actions either like he completely tries to blame it on this teeny tiny museum in the middle of nowhere that it's yeah. like their lack of security and they're like we ha- they're like even in the documentary they're like the bank offered for free for us to store your shoes in the vault every night but you yes. didn't want to move them. That yes. is on you, sir. Yeah. You know, like, like the girl, Smithsonian moves their shit every night. Why can't you, you know, yeah.
0: I'm just <laughs> but, like, and well, I mean, even if, yeah, it's just, it's such an interesting thing. He's a control thing. freak. Like, ugh, yeah, definitely. He, he definitely seems like one of the people where everything has to be just so. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of shit like just, museum ugh. people.
1: I would just want to tear my fucking hair out. Like this is the kind of shit they have to broker and deal with in order to get exhibit. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 those poor guys who are just probably these quiet Midwestern queens living out there, and loving they just their wanted, Judy, wanting to keep it alive and tasteful and They just wanted nice. to have a
0: museum dedicated to Judy They were the sweetest guys. I don't like, see the problem here. I don't what see is- the problem.
1: I just, I wanted to, like, just hang out and barbecue with those dudes. Like, they were cool <laughs> as hell. Weren't like, they just chill? Tell they were me so more sweet. more about Judy.
0: <laughs> I know, right? They
1: were just, like, like just really, like, not, like, you could just see, like, and feel, like, the kind of cutthroat vibes from the different people that they interviewed and involved like who was Sharky who wasn't and like I thought it was so like the guy that they spoke that was like the beginning who talked from the Smithsonian that older guy he had like that twinkle in his eye when he was talking about like how he's like there are two things people come here to see the most one is the American flag and another one is the ruby slippers and he was like the ruby slippers belong to the federal government and so they belong to the American people and I got I was like instantly (laughs) misty I was just like that's right they're mine
0: You They're just, ours. Just like, let <laughs> it is like It is so awesome. But it's
1: true. And they talked about how like and then there was another guy they interviewed, he was like, you know, talked about how the wiz like they were talking about how great the Wizard of Oz is. And it is, it's probably one of the great it is the greatest movie ever made. And it's, it's ours. It's amazing. it's our they said it's like our Mona Lisa. And no. I I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I it was. I mean, good. it's like that. The
0: <laughs> definitely, that was a very good documentary, and I'm surprised. It surprise. was so good. So I'm glad that we could get the word out to everybody else to watch yep. it. So,
1: and and I tried to like um, see if there was any more breaking news around the. Um, um, the finding of the shoes. And, okay, well can you yeah. actually
0: I haven't I, I'm sure. such a I'm a trash person. <laughs> and I haven't Stop even bothered to you read, are I haven't even bothered to read any of the stories. So what was the what happened with the finding? Do you know the this the brief story about the finding? Like all I yeah. know is that there's a press conference and they're like, We found the slippers and I'm like, uh, cool, but I don't know the backstory of how, what, and how, who, where, when, like that sort of thing.
1: Okay, well, apparently, you know, and you kind of saw through the documentary how about, you know, in, I guess it was 2005, they, you know, they were on loan from Michael Shaw, and someone, like, basically did a snatch and grab. They came in there, like... Michael Shaw,
0: a.k.a. Cuddles. (laughs)
1: uh, Yes.
0: (laughs) Moving along. (laughs) Which,
1: I mean, like, he he got the ruby slippers and the dress that were supposed to go to Debbie Reynolds. I mean, that's basically what they said is, like he took advantage of an opportunity he he was supposedly loaning debbie the money to get these things but he actually ended up getting them for himself and he was he has such a very finders keepers sort of attitude yeah. about it and i just find that i find that gross honestly
0: it, honestly i'm not gonna lie i feel like i've c- come across him and i feel like yeah. i in at the bookstore i feel like yeah. he has i feel like he's i th- i don't know there's either was it was it was two years of work there so i don't know who all i met there's but i feel like he's i feel like he's lurking around the background of memory somewhere well
1: (laughs) well it looks like he so he he loaned out the shoes and the thing is the shoes at the time were insured for a million dollars Right. and so at some point i believe it was about eight years after um he was they kind of officially like the insurance company or whatever Declared like they were officially gone, and so he got an eight hundred thousand dollar payout. But at some point, what I read was that the insurance company actually tried to sue both him and the museum, like to try to accuse them of some oh, some sort for of setup, or and and I think just to try to like not pay him money. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. what insurance companies want yeah. to do. They're I not... mean they did all the things, yeah. and so they still got out of paying him originally what they were insured for, paid him eight hundred grand. So now that technically means. That the insurance company owns these shoes, and what I read was that the um, the FBI got involved. Okay, so now this this became a federal case, wow. and they got a tip as early as uh, last like last summer, so um, summer of 2017, and um, it turned out that there was a, an extortion plot that that had been uncovered, which what? involved. They said an extortion plot involving the owner, so that would have been Michael Shaw. So somebody was I guess trying to broker some something some kind of drama and that's the latest that I've read and and as I will we will keep everyone updated as we learn more. Oh wait, <it's> out. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so wait, so did they ever is anybody in custody? Is there and how did they like it, it, it's they have not so murky it
1: is it, it is murky they just um, they they have not said if anyone's in custody they've kept really mum about the details and I've really tried to find like some of the most updated information and I'm not like that that's kind of it uh, but yeah that it was involving some kind of uh, extortion plot. Huh. And so they've been gone for 13 years. And the other thing, what was interesting, another detail I found out is that'd that they weird
0: look, If they, That'd be really weird if the shoes just showed up. Like they just like some dude, like maybe I wonder if the FBI was getting close or something. And the dude just like mailed it from a third location maybe. or fourth location and then just like put it. It was just like, I'm done.
1: Well, like, it, I find it interesting because, oh, oh, the other thing, um I guess when they were returned and this was sort of a quote, I guess, from Michael Shaw. Like they looked just as beautiful as the last time he saw them. So oh, whoever took them
0: didn't like, yeah, exactly, as far as and like and all exactly, that. and they
1: were. Remember in the document, they dredged the local lake. They thought yeah. someone had like there were all there was. Oh my gosh, there were a thousand like lore. The lore behind what happened to the slippers. This is why gay goonies would have been perfect, Philip. <laughs>
0: God. I just love the idea of this turning it into like it. turning into like um like a like a Spielbergy and like yeah. spotlight kind yeah, of yeah. movie uh-huh. where it's just mm-hmm. like where That's right. it's all like local news team and then they yeah. cover it. it goes all the way to the top <laughs> oh my god it's still but
1: still though there should be like we should we should do it there should be a mo- there this should be a movie I'm just saying finding this could still be a really great it's
0: it's very like it feels all very Watergate-y and it just I could just imagine like the Leonard and Bernstein meeting with Deep Throat in like in a a park at a garage you know in one of those like parking garages and it's just like a gay guy he's like I know where the slippers are and I'm not gonna tell you because I don't (laughs) think you could keep me safe (laughs) I know I don't know why he's Southern. I just think because it was Grand Rapids, Michigan. I love the idea Although, of
1: this just this little group of kids being like, oh my, like, like finding them and being like, these must be returned to justice, you know? <laughs> Making stealthy calls to the FBI, trying to like lower their voices, you know? Oh my God. I don't want to have got away with it. What's it for you, crazy little gay kids.
0: For, for you, med- for, your meddling, for your meddling twinks. <laughs> Oh please let this be a thing. I just need this to be a thing. I just imagine like Mark Ruffalo like on, at, at like a desk from the a desk that looks like it's from the seventies for no reason and he's just like going through papers and he's just like, I need to find the connections <laughs> it goes all the way to the top everyone's I, corrupt
1: i mean let's face it it did go all the way to the top the, F- the fucking fbi were involved i know that's so
0: bananas i just could you think imagine, it's imagine so though? Th- could you imagine the the like fucking shit that people working this case must have taken like oh yeah you know it's like hey bob what you working on serial killer in the south hey joe what you working on oh you know threats against the president what are you working on bill Ruby's well, lepers <laughs>
1: Well, apparently, apparently it was super duper secret. Like they had to, there's, yeah, they had to like Weird. fly with these and like it was a My big God. deal and yeah, they, they kept it all like under wraps for a long time. So wow. that's why I even found, like even finding a lot of this news, Philip, it wasn't like in our mind, we're like, why isn't this everywhere? But really, <laughs> a lot of the articles are more, Um, they're in newspapers, but it's more like, here's a bit of good news. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. in the, it's in the good news section, not really in like the, it's in the, <laughs>
0: It's in, per, it's in the it's Sunday's Parade. Yeah. <laughs> the, the magazine that comes inside the paper for no reason. Like, well, or, you know, is how parade like. Parade still a thing. <laughs> uh,
1: I, yeah. And I guess apparently popular.
0: <laughs> Old people. <laughs> well, and,
1: uh, I was going to say, yeah. And God bless the baby boomers who are apparently, um, you know, the ones with money who wanted to spend their money on memories because these are the ones who ended up doing all this Hollywood memorabilia stuff in the first mm-hmm. place. I mean, yeah. So that's another.
0: So that's the thing that I wanted to talk about, too, is is about the the entire the trade of costumes and all of the um, costumes. So first of all, you have to think about the. So Hollywood costumes are now considered a commodity. So memorabilia and all that is considered a commodity. There are companies that make money do trading nothing but this. Like there's people like Julian's Auction House and Mm -hmm. um, Profiles in History and they're, you know, they're they're doing what they're doing because they're businessmen mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I get it but now it's being treated like a fine art or it real is. estate. So yep. it's like people are buying these things at exorbitant prices mm-hmm. holding on them for two years and then you just see them right back on the auction block two years later. You're like, so yeah. these aren't being bought. You can tell these are not being bought by collectors. These are being bought by investors. Flippers. Just like <laughs> flippers. Pretty much. <laughs> Everyone's just buying it, holding on to it and then reselling it. I've seen stuff go on in the market two and three times over and I'm like dude what the shit like is there nobody who wants to hold on like why is this not in a museum well
1: to your (laughs) point you look at the ruby slippers like now they even said toward the end of like what's really crazy is like okay so Michael Shaw he insured those slippers for a million dollars and that was way back like 13 years like in the early aughts or whenever now they're they're considered priceless like he could he could probably fetch two to three million like that's probably (laughs) what they should be insured for at this point but at this point like they said like in in the documentary, like they're really considered priceless. Like these could go sk- sky high, multi million. Yeah and uh, just like Marilyn's dresses we saw that with mm-hmm. not just the seven year itch dress which sold for like 4.5 million or something at that auction yeah. which then also, also din- was tough to her, watch yeah
0: Dude, but her gentleman uh, yeah. for her blonde not gentleman for blonde her, um, her for Mr. Her, President
1: uh, dress her Mr. President oh my God. gown
0: uh, by, by Jean-Louis mm-hmm. illustrated by Bob Mackie. Um <laughs> that one went for Thank a you. super duper amount uh, yep. you're welcome. And, and, it, and it went uh, directly
1: to a collector who put it up at like no, what was it, it like Ripley's in San Francisco no Ripley's bought it yeah, Ripley's bought that's it that's
0: right so the actually Ripley's bought it so they're using it as a, a, a museum and they're showing it they put mm-hmm. it on display and I'm like that's what it needs to that's be that's what done. it does not yeah. that not that I'm like very pro Ripley's, believe it or not, because it's kind of corny. But I'm like, well, just but put Ripley's it on display is a very the money-making people. museum. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It need, people need to see it, and that's yeah. where it needs to be. Granted, it would be nice if it was surrounded by other things that were, you know, if it was like in a whole thing. I mean, granted, it's one piece, but I just feel like these things need to be on display. They can't be kind of like. They can't be, like, in somebody's basement and, like, you know, yeah. just, like, languishing. Or worse, being, like, sold, passed around, like, every two years. Oh, these things are artifacts. It's just so... It's heartbreaking to see it this. It is heartbreaking. The, 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 the trade. It's the trade that kills me, you know? And it's I, like, yeah, I and, I agree. And, and, and what happened to like, Debbie
1: Reynolds, like, I feel so bad because I remember, man, I mean, remember when we were, God, even when we were in college, like, that was, she was still trying to get, in, like, the late 90s was still trying yeah. to get that to take off and have a, she wanted, I remember she was going to have a caution museum in Vegas for, like, old Hollywood yeah. shit. And I was, was like, yes, gonna She and, was also going to have one, she was
0: also going to have one, too. There was talks about having one near Dollywood in yes. tenn- Tennessee or Kentucky, wherever that mm-hmm. wherever Dollywood is. But it would have been, Pigeon like, Forge, kind of yeah. like, yeah, it would have kind of been like a, it It would have been kind of like a Kissimmee St. Cloud, like how you Mm -hmm. have Disneyland and Universal all down in Florida. So it would have done the same thing there. It would have been perfect. And and they just. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, Michael Shaw was like supposed to be handling all that. And again, (sighs) I can't help but read between the lines and say, look, it looks like you were just more interested in hoarding this shit for yourself
0: but it just seems like he wasn't even interested in the money. It was just no, more interested was, in the things and keeping yeah. the things. And you're just like, dude, get put it on display. Show yeah, everybody. But you know, he, I mean, like, look
1: what he was even when they, when they filmed him, it was like in that room, just chock full of like, did you not play bingo with everything in the background behind? Yeah. Him?
0: But the, but the thing that bummed me out is there was no joy on his face. No, Like, I'm just like, where's no. your joy? You're surrounded by these amazing things. While meanwhile, everyone else in the documentary was, so that's again, yep. was like, I don't know if the documentary edited him to look like the villain or if, you know, he just wasn't a very nice guy. Yeah. Or still wasn't a very nice guy. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I
1: don't know. Yeah. It, it just, it felt like, I, I, I think it was that, and just, I, I really, um, I knew that all that was happening to Debbie Reynolds, like the sort yeah. of the scamming, but it really did look like even around the time of the auction, it's like there's all these like queens like whispering in her ear like, oh girl, you should go get, get, get that up, you know? And she's like, okay, I'll just get more money. I'll get more money. And she just, she literally just ran out of money, you know? Like She went to the bank trying, to get it a was, loan
0: to get more money yeah, to buy like, stuff, which I'm like, oh, I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. It's great that she did that. She's, yeah, but, but at the same time, like they knew that, Like all these people wanted to get these things, but they didn't have the money. So they used her and her opportunity, her way of getting money. And. Uh, doesn't look like they paid her back very much either.
0: No, but also, too, it's like I think I think their mindset was like we need somebody with money to buy all of this so that it could all be in one place. Yeah. You know, and that was the idea for her was to have everything in one place. That way everyone could come and see and enjoy it just as much as she was. Yeah, And it's just it's such a bummer that it's not going to happen. It didn't happen. But I think that they, the Academy is doing something now. Yeah. Too little. Too little. Well, and they they bought a
1: pair of the slippers, too. Like, for some. I think they all got together. It was, like, Leonardo DiCaprio and a bunch of others, and now they have them, like, at the Academy, I guess, museum or just on display there. Yeah.
0: I think that they're actually opening something soon yeah like they've been doing kind of like small ones like at LACMA and stuff Um, and I think they're prepping to kind of build one for their own so that the um, Academy can have a show okay Um, because I know costume
1: yeah because like I was looking at too again like when they were interviewing Michael Shaw he's got he's got the door like the Dorothy dress like behind him and then they tell that story of how like that was the one Debbie Reynolds bought she literally was at the auctions she raised her and she bought that one and then they end up giving her the test dress that had like the contrasting trim and everything. She's like, that's not yeah. what I, that's not what I got. You know, so like there was a lot of that happening where I'm just like, it's sad. I hate, yeah. I hate seeing people get scammed. I really, really yeah. do. But it was, man, it was fascinating. You guys, you've got to watch these documentaries. There's like so much more to the story yes. and just around Hollywood memorabilia because it's, you know, it's, and back then, like things were being thrown away. Now things are literally being documented as they're made. You know, you yes. can you can see any movie today that just came out and all their costumes have been beautifully categorized, put away, and, documented. And like now they, or they go on <laughs> tour been sold. with the show. Yeah, or exactly. no, they go on tour, tour with the tour, movie. Yeah. Like,
0: because they have that here in Seattle. Like, there's a Cinerama here. And I think that even the one in LA too, they're, yeah, they have like costumes on display with the movie. So if Black Panther's playing, they'll have Black Panther costumes while well, they'll have some wow. of them down there and they'll have some of them up here. And it's just, so it's they're they're viewed differently now which i think is good because yeah but then again it's now flooding the market with even more stuff for people exactly. to exactly it's and more it's just, saturated it's,
1: with that like modern stuff
0: yeah so which is cool i mean mm-hmm. it's but it's just nice to have that and i'm glad that i'm glad that everything this that this was the impetus for people to start taking mm-hmm. costume design seriously as artifacts and like art and like yeah. to really kind of respect the Respect that stuff. And also to because it's a connection to the movie, because the movies themselves are film. Yeah. You can't, there's nothing to hold. There's nothing to touch. There's mm-hmm. nothing to sort of thing, especially, you know, yeah. nowadays when it's all digital too, there's even less to touch. So, oh, exactly. Anyway. Which I
1: love how Todd Fisher goes off about that. He's like, yeah, that wasn't none of that back in the day. That was, this was all blood, sweat, and tears and sequence. Yeah. You know, lots of
0: sequence. <laughs> I love Todd
1: Fisher. I mean, First of all, like, uh, how Todd like,
0: Fisher, if you want to join us on the podcast, oh let my us god, know. please! But like, I, <laughs> I just—he
1: was so good in this documentary. I really, really love how he's really become really the voice and the representative for his mom and for his sister and, and just a Hollywood history. Um yeah. and he's very real and he seems like just like he really knows his shit and I love him. He's like, let me tell you how this happened. And you're like, yes I please. You know, I love
0: that he is he so is like kind of candid about this stuff. Very like, candid,
1: yeah. And I yeah. love it. He's he's got so much of his mom in him in that way, which I love. Um and uh, I I'm I want to know what Ann Miller bought. Like I just <sighs> and, and I know. She, she probably, bought, bought, back she can, can she probably talk- bought back stuff she wore. She probably bought back that, I was thinking that she, she probably have, bought it yeah. back her own fucking costumes. How crazy is that?
0: I know. She it's probably just...
1: was like, "I wore that when I was 16." i, I yeah, I'll, she's I'll take like, that. She's, "Thank
0: she's you." She's like, "Oh, that was from Kiss Me, Kate." I'd like yeah. to have that. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like Can I the get memory my memory of that? Yeah,
1: uh, black and yellow number from the Easter Parade. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, i mean wow. just to be a fly on the wall man I know. well this turned out to not be a mini so at all but nope not at all but <laughs> it's okay
1: yeah <laughs> uh, mini
0: lo- mi- mini longer <laughs>
1: well we've talked about doing documentaries before that have to do with related to costumes and old hollywood or a little bit of both but this just was a perfect like when when this news broke i was like get the hell out out of here we were we've been talking about this we've been talking and joking about the missing shoes and making up what happened to them and now they've been found let's talk and then i found we found this documentary and it was just like uh and it's, it was made a few years ago had no, no idea had no idea but the great thing is it's all out there for free to watch on vimeo um, yep. and then and again that other one uh, the search for the Ruby Slippers on YouTube so um, please get out there and watch them and gush about it and talk about it on our Facebook page <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so uh, yep join us on social media please uh, all the regular places this um, old Hollywood Realness on Instagram Facebook OHR podcast on Twitter uh, join the Facebook group um, uh, OHR podcast darlings D A H L I N G S, and I'll um, let you join and then you can discuss all this stuff with with myself and other um, listeners of the podcast—it's a great way. We've been having a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hot goss over there. Hot goss, <laughs> hot goss, edition the tea, dish uh, addition and the teas serving tea, serving tea hats. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so I hope to see you guys over there. And um, you know, thank you so much, Kathleen, for bringing us all this news. It was of fantastic. Course. Thank yeah. you. And if, and
1: of course, if we get any more updates and details, we will keep yes. you posted.
0: <laughs> Kathleen on the street. That's right. Back to you didi, in the didi, newsroom. Didi, 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 didi. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen
1: reporting (laughs) on all your ruby slipper
0: needs (laughs) and as always thanks for listening to OHR
1: (laughs) (laughs) bye